This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. We've never experienced a year like 2020. A deadly pandemic, political division, social unrest, natural disasters. Yet, we're still here, and now so are the holidays. Hi, I'm John Doherty. May this holiday season bring you joy and peace. May 2021 be a better year for all of us. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy and Healthy New Year. Happy Holidays from IBEW Local 98. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. WPHT HD. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia. A radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage specialist, Deanne Kitsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. Me too. <laughs> and the mortgage mom's here every week. She has a good topic. I don't know what it is because she told me, but I forgot already. But she'll remind Shocking. me. And we're excited to talk to you every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock here on 1210 WPHT. You want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial, whatever we can help with, give us a call. My number's 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And you can listen to this show and the past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com, that was just upgraded a little bit again, and also at WPHT's website. So what are we talking about today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Uh Uh-oh. Of course, we have our Mark's funny story. Got one. We got a problem here. You what? Oh, what's your topic? Well, we also have our mortgage mom topic today, which is what to do with my refund check. All right. All right, Mark, we also have our questions. I'm currently paying a mortgage on a house that I want to add a guest house to. Do I have to finish the mortgage payment or can I start before? Go on. Next question is, if I add an HVAC unit to the sunroom, does that add to the square footage of the house? <laughs> That's a goal. <laughs> can I, next question is, can I take a loan out to pay for a down payment on a co-op? Go on. We also have, I just purchased a home in June of 2020. They got lucky. The inspector I hire stated writing that my roof would last five years. My home insurance will not cover the roof. Ooh. What do I do? Heard of this one before. 
Next question is, my underwriter denied the home loan because of a dispute on my credit. Dispute filed in 2012 and shows a status of still being disputed. Why is it there after five years? Good question. Great question. Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is 2021 predictions. Yes. And they're all not real estate, neither. All right. Well, that should be good. Um, But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, there are two primary choices in life. To accept conditions as they exist or accept the responsibility for changing them. Because if you don't ask the answers... No. Exactly. So you got to take some chances. So where are we at? (laughs) Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. And despite the pandemic, incredibly, the housing market has surpassed all expectations in 2020. Applications to purchase a home hit a low point in the spring back in March when it first all happened. And the stay-at-home orders mandated closures and all that and... Let's just forget about all that. As the week's ending, December 4th, purchase loan applications had exceeded year-ago levels for 29 straight weeks, and the cumulative purchase applications have surpassed 2019 levels. So the whole year was better. The pace of existing and new home sales mirrors the strength of the purchase loan applications. New and existing home sales are at post Recession highs. Remember this recession of 08? Remember that? Seems like late years ago. It does seem like a long time ago, <laughs> it Mark. Does. It is. You know, you, you know, I mean, you had a quote one time. I asked you, what were you stressed out about one year ago today? Remember that? That's right. And, That's right. <laughs> and I know there was something, but we couldn't remember. We couldn't remember. We couldn't remember. While the speed and the magnitude of the housing recovery was surprising, the strong underlying fundamentals serving as tailwinds for the housing market's recovery were not. And these tailwinds are expected to remain strong all the way through 2021. And these low mortgage rates to the potential home sales, the increase in buying power driven by historically low rates are going to help rebound everything through April all the way through October and 21. The consensus forecast estimates 30-year fixed mortgage rates will probably stay around 3. 2.8 to 3.3 low mortgage rates will boost the housing buyer power, keep the purchase demand robust. And then you got all the pent-up demographics, the millennials and the Gen Xers. The millennials are the largest educated group in history, 72 million of them. And they're ready and they're all turning 30. What's the oldest one now? 33, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're beginning, they're in their buying years. They're finally stopped partying, came out of the basement, which was all a myth anyway. But anyway. Not at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, I still got one. <laughs> <laughs> so the more than half of all the mortgage purchases originated by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, went to first-time home buyers, and all the data available in 2020. And this trend shows no sign of abating in 21. Our analysis shows that the millennials may account for at least 15 million home sales in the next 10 years. 15 million. And that's a conservative estimate. They think it could be even higher because now they're going to get better jobs, they're going to make more money, and their households are going to grow. So it's probably going to be even higher than $15 million. 
And the one big thing that has happened over the last 11 months during this thing is personal savings. A lot of people have saved a lot more money because they weren't going out as much and they have more money to spend, discretionary spending. So for young people that are still employed, increased savings can be used as down payments, which is usually the biggest hurdle. So in 2021, the older millennials will continue to form households, recession or not, and I doubt if we're going to have a recession, which will put upward pressure on demand for home ownership. The biggest problem that we face in Philly Metro is the continuing uh, inventory issue that I'm really getting tired of talking about, but it's not going away. I checked this. I checked this morning. There was thirty six eighty. 3,680 houses for sale in all of Philadelphia. It's unbelievable. And I have half of them pre-approved, so we're not in good shape. (laughs) But the rates are. So tell us about the rates. The rates are in great shape, Mark. 30-year fixed conventional. Anywhere, again, this is all credit score driven, but anywhere from 2.5% to 2.75%. If you're going to take cash out on a refinance, that's going to be a little bit more. Your 15-year, you're looking at 2.625%, and your 30-year FHA loan is 2.625%. Damn, that's like so low, so low. It's almost free money. Everybody out there listening to those rates, you got to call Deanne. It is time to make moves. you got to make moves. And you can do it. And you can buy duplexes as long as you live in one, triplex, quad. There's all kinds of things you can do and get that kind of rate. You'd be making- I'm, I'm, Mark, I'm so excited. I have a, I have a 28-year-old girl. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. She's 24 years old, right. and she is buying a quad. FHA, 3.5%, rates 2.625. She's golden. She's going to make money on her first month before she, as she makes her first payment. She's going to be making money with a quad. Well, let's look at this. She's going to collect. Let's say we close her loan in February. Right. Okay. Her first mortgage payment isn't due until April, but yet she collected rent for February and she collected rent for March. Right. So she's way ahead of the game. I just, I love it. It's such a great idea. I wish I, I wish somebody would have told me this stuff when I was. Yeah, I agreed. 18 and stubborn. <laughs> Mark, they didn't have duplexes back then. Yes, they did. <laughs> All right. So that was great. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break. And this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? I don't know, Mark. I'm a little nervous on this next segment. Ah, you got to have some humor. All right, so we are up to Mark's funny, and it looks like stories. Yeah, and what it is is a bunch of little things. You, even though it's a pandemic, you know, I, I, was, I did some research on a 1918 one that was really bad, like 30 million people died. 
and there was some jokes, and and these are not really bad. So anyway, the first one is uh, my wife purchased a world map, and she hung it up, and she said, throw a dart wherever it lands. As soon as this pandemic's over, we'll go wherever the dart lands, and apparently I'm going to be spending two weeks behind the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And then, yeah, then we ran out of toilet paper, so we started using lettuce leaves. Uh, and today was the tip of the iceberg. Tomorrow remains to be seen. Uh, ah, yeah. And my mom always told me I wouldn't accomplish anything by lying in bed all day. But look at me now. I'm saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> and after years of my wife said of wanting to thoroughly clean the house, but lacking the time this week, she discovered that wasn't really the reason. <laughs> That's good. And if I keep eating, stress eating at this level, the buttons on my shirt will start socially distancing <laughs> from each other. <laughs> and every few days, try your jeans on just to make sure they fit because the pajamas you will have believe you will have you believing all is well in the kingdom. <laughs> so true. It's so true. <laughs> and yesterday I ran out of soup. I was in the, and that body washing the shower and then it dawned on me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a weird one. And being quarantined with a talkative uh, 11-year-old grandchild is like having an insane par glued parrot to my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and I never thought I wouldn't touch them with a six-foot pole would become a national policy. But here we are. Oh, God. <laughs> And the World Organization, here's, uh, there's two more. The World Organization announced that dogs cannot contract COVID-19. Dogs previously held in quarantine can now be released. So to be clear, who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, day 304 days at home and the dog looking at me like, see, this is why I chew the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> So, a little levity to it all. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Month segment from Green Tree Mortgage. And she's going to tell you what the, you should do with your refund check. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to give you a couple suggestions. But, you know, yeah. it's that time of the year where everybody's looking forward to filing their taxes. And for those of you that are going to get a nice refund check, you know, some people. I have got one of yeah. since the 90s. <laughs> but, you know, it's a couple things to think about because, number one, if you're looking to do a refinance, which everyone is. I mean, the rates obviously are extremely low. Um, if your rate is anywhere from 3.25% higher, you should definitely be reaching out so we could... I remember a year ago you saying, if it was 5%, call me. Right. Now you're down at 3.2. Yeah, 3.2. Wow. I mean, definitely, let's take a look at it. Let's do an analysis. But what comes into play is, like we talked about that refund check, a lot of people, I spoke to a gentleman the other day, where he didn't want 
to put his taxes and insurance into the payment again. Now, if you have less right. than 20% equity in the property, that has to be done. So your taxes and your insurance are in your payment. They collect right. a full year of homeowner's insurance, and they generally collect almost a year of your real estate taxes. Well, that adds to the balance of your loan. So right. when you get that tax refund money, Okay, we can keep that escrow money out of your refinance. You come to the table with the money for the escrow. And once we pay that loan off within 30 days, any money that's left in that escrow account, Mark, comes back to them. So you're spending the money now, but you're getting it back in the end. And a lot of people, especially right after Christmas, don't have a couple thousand dollars laying in their escrow account to be able to pay it forward. So with that refund check, you could pay it. Within 30 days, you're going to get that money back. And then you can go buy those shoes you had your eye on for a while. Yeah. So I th when do when when do you get a refund check? What time of the year now? When do they come out? For your taxes? Like if you get a refund check, when do you get uh, it? What well, month? It, it, it's not necessarily a month. I mean, you have to file your taxes before April fifteenth. So the sooner you file, the sooner oh. you're going to get the refund check. See, I haven't got one for so long. I don't remember how it happened. <laughs> now, it works, honestly, right? with COVID. You know, and, and everyone not being in the office and, and IRS being a little slower than usual, which I know you find that hard to believe. You know, it, it, <laughs> oh, I don't find that hard to believe at all. A, they're sitting on a million four pieces of mail they're trying to go through. Look, I'm still waiting for something from them from 2019. So I just so got something from that. them the other day, and it wasn't exactly what I was looking forward it to. It was a Christmas <laughs> card, right? No, Best it's like, uh, yeah, here, just send us a check by uh, the, the January 17th, please. There you go. There you go. So, Mark, I want to address also, I want to address um, the purchases. So when you have the purchase part of this, you can use that refund money that's coming from Uncle Sam that you worked so hard to get back. You can use that as your down payment. So what I mean by that is, let's say you're getting $4,000 back. As long as you deposit that check in your checking account and don't withdraw any money out of it, like right. if somebody goes to a check cashing store or gives it to somebody to, you know, to cash for them and they, the checks for, you know, $5,016, but they only deposited $5,000, we can't show that that money actually came from the refund. So whatever refund right. you check you get needs to be deposited. And a lot of people are having them automatically deposited into the bank account. So that's not going to be an issue. Um, but you have to keep in mind that any large deposit that goes into that bank account needs to be sourced. So I remember the days of getting one of them. I used be all excited and then go out and buy something. You know? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was a long time ago. but yeah, Now they're always just like wanting money from me. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But again, keep in mind, interest rates are extremely low for that refinance. You're not locked into doing it. Just give me a call. Send over your mortgage statement. We'll take a look at it, do an analysis, and use that tax refund money to work for you, not against you. Paying down credit cards, taking care of your escrow account, um, using it to purchase your new home. What if that's the only money that you had was your refund check? So where's the rest of the money going to come from? Well, there are certain county grants that are still available. You can yep. get a gift from mom and dad 
that seller assist. A seller assist. Seller assist mark is still really hard in this market because that's ah, it's according to who the agent is. Well, there's ways to do there's it. There's ways to do it, but again, the houses are not appraising over and above the asking plus the concession. So you know what though, some of that though is the agent's faults because they don't deal with the. They don't call the appraisers. They don't fight. They don't supply. These appraisers are busy. Yeah. I never, ever do a deal where I don't get a hold of the appraiser. And 99% of them are nice people, and they will talk to you. And I give them the cops. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Yeah, agreed. And then, and then all they got to do is make sure I was right. And I did all their work for them. And then I appraise. Right. Oh, no, that's better than crossing my fingers. Oh, I hope it appraises. <laughs> and that's that's the majority of the agents. Well, they submit it and hope it works. A lot of the agents, too, feel that the appraiser's out to kill the deal, and that is so far off. That's not yeah. their job. Exactly. And a lot of the agents don't even know the rules. Appraisers can go three miles away and back three years if they have to, and they can also use actives. A lot of agents don't even understand the rules, but they, they, I submitted the offer. I hope it appraises. Like, you know what? I don't do anything that I'm just sitting around hoping. No, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Really? All right. So that was a good segment, if I do say so myself. We covered a lot of ground on that one. We did cover a lot of stuff on that one. That was good. And coming up. I was very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and coming up next is our question and answer segment. All right. That was very good, though. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We will be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. Hi, I'm Joe Krause. May you enjoy the spirit of this holiday season, and may 2021 bring you a year of hope and peace. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy New Year. Happy Holidays from Jacob Media Partners. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. All right, very good. So what's the first one? The first question is, I am currently paying a mortgage on a house that I want to add a guest house to. Do I have to finish the mortgage payment or can I start before? See, this is this this is right up your alley. Tell them about one of those programs. Right. So right now, no, you do not have to pay off the mortgage. There's a couple things that you could do. Um, one of is you can get what we call a home equity line of credit. Right. And that would assist you in doing that. Um, some of the companies are still doing what we call rehab loans. Um, unfortunately, we're not doing them as of yet. And the companies that are currently doing them are taking anywhere from 90 to 120 days. And Mark, that's basically a refinance loan that allows you to do that extra work as long as there's equity in the property. Um, but the second thing with the rates being as low as they are that we just talked about, no reason why you can't do a cash out refinance to pay for that. And what about a 203K? That's the rehab loan. And right now we're not doing them at, um, as of yet. They, just because of the pandemic, they've been put on hold. Um, 
the companies that are doing them are really taking like 90 to 120 days to get them done. That's a long time. So right. an equity line of credit is probably the way to go. Yeah. I mean, go to your local bank that you do business with um, and see how that goes. Yeah. It's too bad. 203K would like really solve that problem, especially with a consultant. Yeah, it would. It would. They'll be back soon. I don't think, you know, I don't think they're gone forever. No. Nah. All right, what's All the right, next, next one? Next question is, if I had an HVAC unit to a sunroom, does that add square footage to the house? <laughs> oh, like, this, well, this is like if I put an air conditioner in a room, do I get more square footage? I think it means <clears throat> legally because of the sunroom. Um, can't that maybe they're not counting the square footage in the sunroom thinking because it doesn't have an air conditioner oh, but if they oh, do you know put the air be? if it's not uh they didn't get permits or they didn't or it was like a garage or something that they converted that what technically wasn't living space so now they have heat and air conditioning and they turn it into a a, a whole new room that could add square footage okay. if they did the permits and all correct all right all right next question can i take a loan out to pay for a down payment on a co-op a co-op yes. uh, go ahead well yeah i mean a co-op is a little bit different than you know your normal residential loan so um depending you're a stockholder you're a stockholder and that liability is going to be counted against you. So if you qualify, it's possible, um, but it's also going to be based on the property itself as far as qualifying. Yeah, you don't own the property. You own stock in the co-op. Right. That's the different type of loan. There's some co-ops around, not that many, but there's some. Mostly in New York. There's some downtown. There's yeah. a few downtown. You know, They had like that hippie type myth about them but that's it really not what it is <laughs> all right all right next question if a seller does not disclose known electrical issues with the home in florida and the contract is canceled during the inspection period can the potential buyer sue for the cost of the appraisal inspections title search survey etc that has already been performed sure uh, and they can also sue for uh, inconvenience and whatever there else their lawyer can think about you can sue for anything uh, according to uh, law real estate law in Florida though I don't know I'm not positive if Florida uh, mandates that you mediate first uh, but if you did mediate and you weren't happy with the mediation and then you want to sue yes you can sue for all them expenses plus your inconvenience yeah the only thing that I'm not liking on this one is the inspection period right so the inspection period is usually 10 days from the day that you sign you know when everyone signs the agreement of sale so the cost of the appraisal, the title search, the survey, why would all of that already been done? Well, it might not be 10 days because I never put 10 days. I always put 15, 20 days because I don't want to rush everybody and make everybody all frantic. But if it's canceled during that inspection period, doesn't mean when it was ordered. It means when it was done, it was ordered, it was scheduled, it was performed. They got right. the reports. They gave an offer of what they want. The buyer wanted. The seller refused, and the deal 
is now dead. And they either both have to sign a release to end this thing, or they get all lawyered up and emotional, and then they could end up in a mediation if they're not careful, and then go through all that whole period, which that could take months, and then end up in court in front of your honor. It's it's not a cut and dry issue. <clears throat> you're it's a you're a lot better probably trying to always split the baby and figure out a way to solve that problem. To make because, it work, right? Yeah. What's the next one? All right, next question. I purchased a home in June of 2017. The inspector I hired stated stated in writing that my roof would last for five years. My home insurance will not cover the roof. What do I do? Yeah, this is getting more of a problem. I told you about one about a year ago that up in my neighborhood in Fox Chase, some insurance guy drove by and looked at an A-frame roof and said it needed a new roof. <laughs> so when the insurance guy starts saying you need a new roof, that starts getting a little scary. Uh, some insurance companies, back in the day when I first started, man, all, you know, you just ordered uh, home insurance and they sent you a deck sheet. Uh, you know, it was no big deal. And then home insurance companies started, some of them do inspections. Uh, not all of them, but some do. And and then most of them will say a roofer will give a roof inspection, a roof certification, and usually they say that the roof has at least a five-year life left in it. And if the home insurance guy doesn't accept that, you got a problem. Uh, because now, if that becomes an issue, you got to disclose that. The seller's got to disclose that. And now the next buyer has to be aware of that. But it's pretty scary when you get, start getting insurance guys giving opinions on roofs and swimming pools and plumbing. Yeah. You know, that that's like getting out of the realm. You know, that's uh, dentistry by owner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. <clears throat> Underwriter denied my home loan because of a dispute on my credit. Dispute filed in 2012 and shows status as still disputed. Why is it there after five years? Wow, that's a long time. It is a long time, and it depends on how it reads. If it's disputed with a balance, then they could be denied. But if it's disputed and there's a zero balance, then they shouldn't be denied. But really, all you need to do is call that company and have it undisputed. So they shouldn't be denied for that reason. They should have an opportunity to call that creditor and isn't undisputed. There a case, isn't there a case on something old like this that if somebody, like during 2012, wow, we're talking a long time here, like during <laughs> that period of time, somehow got it back into a conversation with this creditor and did something and started the clock over again yeah i mean if it, it depends because if it gets sold it could start the clock over again um there's just so many different reasons it i'd have to see is it a medical collection you know what what actually is that dispute for and that would determine how it would be handled yeah because that's a long time all right well, there are some good questions. 
They were. They were some really good questions. And Mark, coming up next is our topic of the day, which is 2021 predictions. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is 2021 predictions. Yeah, and thank God it's a 20s over. <laughs> yeah, but we and just got to make looking- some changes. Yeah, and you just got to go forward and keep moving. That's all. But the New Year's, it's going to, there's more things going to happen. The vaccine, hopefully, life returns to normal. There's a few big changes, surprising trends, and there's all kinds of predictions coming out. and if this is not all about real estate, pandemic has casual hookups as <laughs> far too risky to most singles. But oh, that doesn't mean they're giving up on love. The featured dating survey from a dating app called OKCupid found that 84% of their users think an emotional connection should come before a physical one. That's not like the old days. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing a new stage emerge in the courtship process. And uh, a senior research fellowship at the Kinsey Institute, suitors are taking longer before initiating physical intimacy. You can't even taking, say it. I know. I know very intimate. It taking time, you. Taking time to get to know each other first, either on Zoom or virtual realms. I think we're going to go see fewer, fewer first dates in 2021. But those first dates are going to be much more meaningful. I can't even imagine doing that Zoom with somebody before going out on a date oh back in the God. day. I went on like lots of blind dates. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> anyway, uh, a recent consumer found that going contactless, 87% of shoppers would rather visit stores with touchless self-checkout options and rise of tap-and-go bank cards will answer that demand in 2021. Meanwhile, new phone mobile apps will even open the doors of workplaces for you by connecting with smart elevators, recognize the floor you're heading to. There's all kinds of technology that's coming out of this. We've seen companies of all types quickly roll out touchless sign-in technology for their thousands of their employees. And then here's an interesting one, which I actually did some research on. 3D printed houses. The median cost for a U.S. home in 2020 and was 320000 And that was high at the end because it started a while back to something. But a for a 3D printed house. Now, these houses are printed by this giant machine that pours concrete. Construction here. Oh, yeah. You got to watch. I watched one be built this morning. Uh, It's unbelievable. Constructed via robots, light stone material, often in less than 24 hours. Courses range from 115,000 down to as little as four grand. 
And there's a company, Mighty Buildings, has a 3D printed around nine homes since 2017. This is a new trend, but it's really going to start happening. In fact, they're doing a village in El Salvador, a whole village. Oh, my God. But in 2021, they expect to build at least 100 unions and likely many more. And there's a big reason, the increase in the multi-generational living. People want cheaper homes so they can live near each other, have their independence. Austin, Texas-based construction company finished construction building this year. An entire community of 3D homes in Tabasco, Mexico, 50 houses in all, which were donated to homeless families and free of charge. And they did this. There is a severe housing shortage in this country, and they think this this uh, 3D printed housing thing might be the thing of the future. And I'm telling you, they're nice. And it's, you got to look up a YouTube video and watch them do it. It's oh, unbelievable. There's still people, there's still carpenters and stuff in window guys and everything else involved. But the actual house, this computer pours this house. It's like crazy. And then, uh, AI in the classroom, robot teachers, human educators won't be completely eliminated in 2021, but they'll definitely be sharing the workload with AI assistants. A 2018 study by a tech research company uh, predicted that nearly 48% growth in AI tools in education over the next three years. And the company suggested that up to 40% of teachers' tasks, like grading, lesson planning, could soon be outsourced to technology. There will be no basic math instructor in 10 years they're predicting that that seems cold but it's better for all of us human teachers are teaching something other than just basic math and here's an interesting one how much time i got left good for you booze millennials want a good buzz as long as it comes with some health benefits whether it's hard i can't even say this one kombucha which whole foods includes as one of the top 10 food trends in 2021 a newly launched boutique gin made with vitamin c collagen rich uh, botanicals alcohol filled with probiotics uh so the thinking girl's guide to drinking instead of spending six bucks for a crappy beer they're going to be drinking these high quality choices and so there's going to be this change at 32 percent they suggest that 32 percent of booze enthusiasts are looking into looking for low alcohol alternatives why bother that's what that's my thoughts but anyway <laughs> Uh, and then the last one, uh, pandemic fashion, like uh, bubble shields and all that kind of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on with that. And then the most, one of the most interesting last two are family gaming. Like adults, you know, I, I used to be a big like flight simulator guy. I played games when I was a kid when we all had... But now um, the millennials are having kids and the parents are getting involved and playing video games with their kids. Right. Like they did before rather than just all watching TV. And the last one, trains over planes. A lot of people are considering taking trains rather than air flights. And it's starting to become a big trend because now they got these trains that do like 160 miles an hour. And it's a little cheaper, and it's different. 
So there's all kinds of new effects coming up. So I thought that was pretty interesting. There was some more, but we don't have time to get to them. No, that was definitely interesting, Mark. Oh, and the last one, the last one I got to mention, and Zoom rooms. In a year when the pandemic has forced many people to work from home, people are setting up their own Zoom rooms so they look good. I seen a thing on the news last night where people were putting all kinds of bookshelves up to make it look like they're, they're, they're smart. <laughs> So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A, and we are talking about AI teaching. Dr. A, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Very good. So you start this about AI and education. I, I'd be delighted to. It was interesting. The reason I, I think this is a great follow-up to comments that you were just making on the program, you know, about the education of the future. Uh, I... I was teaching at A&M for a little over 30 years. I left there in 2011, but back in the mid 2000s, around 2005, I started talking about what I foresaw was going to happen. And what I see happening is in these universities, what's going to happen is it's going to be online. You're going to have a course. Uh, What's going to happen is they will get one of the experts in the country who's going to be teaching that course. The, when you ask a question, there'll be canned answers to questions. Uh, and if there's a question that they don't have a canned answer to, uh, what they'll do is they'll get an answer and then get back to you with the answer to your question. And then that'll be part of the library. And um, because technology goes so quickly and they can sort through so many billions of data so quickly, I think this is a really interesting reality. You're going to be able to choose whether you want to have a male or a female. You're going to probably be able to choose what their skin color is and what they look like. Uh, and it's going to be like watching a, uh, a, a cartoon or uh, one of these really interesting uh, video games where they actually look live. And, but you'll have control as to what type of voice, what language, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be all customized. Really? That's and, what I think and, and they're going to still, and what, before that. And colleges are still going to be able to charge these really high tuitions for that? That's an interesting idea. Probably not. Okay. Well, I mean, let's say I taught at Texas A&M. All right, but let's say you have University of Pennsylvania. You have some experts, University of Pennsylvania. What I think is going to happen is you're going to have a lot of these freelance scientists, okay, and people who are excellent teachers. I won like a dozen teaching awards while I was at A&M. They're going to be contracted with, with these educational places. Now, Penn might decide to go this route, so they might have their own set of faculty, all right? Uh, I went to, I've got three degrees from Penn State. They might decide to go that route. You might be able to go to Harvard and never have to leave your bedroom in Philadelphia. You know, so there's all these possibilities. And I think what's happened with COVID is going to speed up these happening uh, because, number one, technology is there. Number two, there's a lot of money, you know, floating around. And except for the stock market as of late, there aren't a lot of really good investments. That and real estate. I mean, real estate is yeah. a great investment right now. And I, you know, I, so, read, a, I read about Harvard. And these kids that were doing uh, going to Harvard, they were still charging them the Harvard prices for taking the class online, and they weren't getting the experience of being at Harvard. 
Well, that doesn't surprise me because they're still getting a degree from Harvard, you know, but there are a few places that have the status of Harvard. I mean, you've got you've got the Ivies, which are great, but but I think the ones that are going to be hurt the most are the small liberal arts colleges that don't have the name recognition. All right. And and a lot of them are feeling pressure now. I mean, I'm down in Austin. St. Ed's is, is has around 4000 students. It's in a great university, but it's a small university. So how does the St. Edwards with 4000 students compete with? With the University of Texas with 50,000 students and an incredible alumni group and, you know, and all the power and the right. cloud and the recognition that a University of Texas degree has versus a St. Ed's. It's going to change. And then you the have industry. like, then you have like that Phoenix University that's yes. been doing this stuff for a long time ahead of the curve. That's right. Uh, and, and they, I don't even want to get into the University of Phoenix because they are incredibly profitable, right? But truthfully, I would never hire anybody who had a, a graduate degree from the University of Phoenix. I I would highly discount it, and that's my own personal value. Other people obviously are not going to be that way, and that I'm, this might be some people might view me as being somewhat snobbish because I taught, you know, at Texas A and M for a while. But but I I really feel like your better institutions um, are going to have they're going to have they're going to have better training than you're going to get at at a place that's totally online at least historically. In the future, again, it's going to be different because they're going to be able to contract with the best of the best, okay, to be teaching these courses and the people who, right. are, who, who know the latest of what's happening. University of Phoenix contracts with a lot of people who don't even have, you know, graduate degrees. Let's continue with this topic next week because there's a lot to talk about here. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Tell Say real quick how everybody gets a hold of you. Just go to our website, www.abelson.net, or email me at dr.a for Dr. A at abelson.net. All right, doctor, we'll talk to you next week. Catch you guys later. Thank you. Happy New Year. You too. Thank you, Dr. A. Happy New Year. All right, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors, especially Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, for keeping us on the air for 11 years. And you can listen to this show every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. on 1210. WPHT. With that, have a great week and a great new year. 2021. 2020's behind us. With that, I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You'll be listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive all, all the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.